embarrassing is what this is about to be then, Trip, <laughs> because I just started recording, and we are going to discuss okay. your love for Trey Sermon right here, right now, in front of the people, instead of pre-show. That's right. You've just joined us <laughs> straight into the pre-show discussion, into the episode. Trip wants to talk about Trey Sermon, and I'm not wanting to allow it. I actually didn't want to talk about it because I'm embarrassed in the moves I've made around this player. But at this current moment, right now, as of right now officially, he's the number one trending waiver wire pickup and activated from the Colts practice squad. 7.27 p.m. on September 23rd. <laughs> Mark the latest time that Tripp has shown hope that Trey Sermon will do something positive for his fantasy team. Four, three, two, one. My favorite weapon is a tank. I'm going to open up a bank account just for this league. And don't question my methods. I was riding the market while I was hot. Take my balls, not my pick. <laughs> and of course, by work-life balance, you mean dynasty life balance. I, I, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. When your world revolves around fantasy football, dynasty is life. Why are your hands waving in the air right now? Well, Paul, the Colts just released Deion Jackson and activated Trey Sermon in a uh, a co-move move. So... Hell is freezing over <laughs> before our very eyes, people. He will have his day. It may be just one day, but, <laughs> but he will have his day and bring some value to my team and then probably get dropped. It's, even if that happens, at least you will have a major burden lifted from yeah. your shoulders. I'm just so I'm just so bitter that I I spent a second round pick on him. Well, but. speaking of uh, you know, going back. Okay. Um it's easy for us to reflect on the moves that we've actually made. But we've also given a lot of uh dynasty life advice over the last uh, couple of years and there's nothing in dynasty more important than taking a quick look back at how you did. And folks, let me just tell you this is why you listen, right? You listen because of sentiments like this. The trip, what do you think is going on up at Lambeau this offseason? I think a rookie has a chance to maybe lead this team in target. You think so? Yeah, and Jalen Reed. I th I think, really? Yeah, I, I like his skill set. They invested in him more than they invested in Dubs. Dubs has had some time to develop with Jordan Love, and we've seen him make some highlight plays. I think Reed can be a more consistent player for them. I think you're going to see James Cook kind of step up into a pass catching running back role and um, maybe more two tight end sets. Yeah, or that, maybe Kincaid stepping into a slot occasionally. Yeah, they were going to be my picks. Cook, yeah. Cooks, uh, James Cook, and, and Dalton Kincaid. I am going with the backups here. I am taking the dark horses in Robinson and Dotson over McLaurin and Gibson. Another AFC receiving room that's uh, semi-crowded, depending on who you ask, is the Baltimore Ravens, Paul. Who do you like coming out of here? Yeah, I'm on the Zay Flowers train. I think that there's a better chance, like kind of like you said, that Nico Collins ends up being the, the fantasy production guy here. Yeah. Um, but if it's Dynasty, I'm probably taking my shot on Dell. Um, just because... Insane feet. Insane route runner. Insane speed. I was going to say, just because of his feet... 
other options than Cup? It's Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. Interesting. I kind of like this rookie in Pucka. Wow. Nakua. <laughs> I wish I, I could talk that fast. Yeah, that was uh, clearly sped up. But, you know, just uh, just a couple of things that we maybe got right this offseason that may hopefully have helped uh, the people out there. And one of the reasons that you got to do this is because we're at a critical juncture here. Um, I am, we're at week three, and I am never off my phone. I mean, my wife is furious <laughs> with me. I am just caught, and I haven't even made any real significant trade offer, but. They're coming. This is where the differences in opinions start to kind of separate amongst league members, and you may have guys breaking out or guys that are not breaking out yet that you can all of a sudden acquire because maybe somebody has felt a little rash, lost faith, <laughs> or is too high on somebody and you can take advantage of it, right? So there's more history where that came from, Trip. Okay. I came prepared this episode. We're going to not only highlight some of the great preseason predictions we had, which, by the way, Jalen Reed with a uh, – 25% target share for the Packers, who are just looking phenomenal, was quite a call. Yeah, I had a feeling that their offense was was going to go. Um, and it's just a great place to invest because, like we said before, their assets are already bought, paid for, signed long-term. They're growing with these players. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see you know, how the impact that Christian Watson's return has, if that ever happens, you starting to get worried. No, he'll be back this week or next week. And he's He's going to, he's going to fly. He's saying and, this with a perfectly straight face <laughs> right now. Too, folks. He seems pretty confident that this is about to be like a takeoff. Yeah. Christian Watson, if he, if he's still available and somebody's worried about his history or Jalen Reed or Romeo dubs, just, just go by him. I was trying to think of a good comp. I almost tried to send you a little bit of like a cheaper offer for Watson, hoping that you were maybe those one of those people that lost <laughs> faith. But well, you know, apparently I, anybody with Sermon or Christian in the... Were you raised Catholic? <laughs> Is this a... You are just preaching for those guys. Non, non-religious. <laughs> great connection, though, Paul. Very, very great observation. I'm going to have to check my, uh, my religious beliefs soon. But oh, man. I, I was trying to think of a good comp for Jordan Love and what type of player he is and can be. And I was having trouble. I feel like we don't see a lot of players at quarterback like him, just so like nonchalant. And he reminds me of a more exciting, more enthused, and more athletic Joe Flacco. Somebody who's just huh. really calm, unfazed all the time, great passer, listens to the coaches, and uh, I think he's got a bright future. I love a guy that's chill. I held on, I held on to him <clears throat> for three years on my, on my roster. Before, before trading him. Huh. Well, we, uh, you were very much right about the Packers. It's only two weeks, but they're looking good. Now. I think it's looking, it's looking like, like that. Some things we weren't so right about. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's those two. Some things hurt. Some <laughs> things just trip. They just, Ooh. they stink. So running back rankings a couple episodes ago. Um, maybe we just got lazy at the end of the top 20, but just 
Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle, bro. I'll put acres in 19. Who you got at 20? Dobbins, all the way. I'm going yeah, with J.K. Good. Dobbins. He's Ouch. too good when he's playing. I, we probably Odd career. Up letting him fall that far. No, in. because <laughs> there's there's question marks, right? Yeah, there's like, a lot of question marks. That's true. <laughs> there were question marks. The there question were marks. question marks. <laughs> the question marks proved to be pretty. They rough. won out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so so disappointed for him and. You know, for my for my roster, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that hurts, man. I mean, I feel so bad for the guy. And you know what's funny? I mean, the Ravens are just back in, like, it's Gus Edwards again, man. Like, he, he already had one touchdown in that game, J.K. Dobbins. He would have had at least two, maybe three, because they scored three, three rushing touchdowns, and two of them were after he got hurt. I can't say that you were wrong about him being a good player. Uh, it's just you can't win dynasty championships on what ifs, you know. So yeah, it's a, yeah. it's unfortunate. It's a it's a big loss. It is. It is. I mean, I'm, you know, I had a similar scare. Saquon didn't play. I gave up two first for him. It's the risk you take with the running backs. You almost. I mean, I think when I said when I did it, that you almost have to be ready to just be okay, like throwing those <laughs> picks away and it blowing up on you because. Injury is such a risk at that position. But <clears throat> there is there does seem to be like a stud factor where guys there's a certain type of player that can just bounce back, like Raheem Mostert, for example. Oh my goodness. And what he's been able to do in his Going career off. is like incredible. Um You told people to be weary of A chain too. So. <laughs> I, I did tell people to be be weary of the small running back in we'll general. See. He hasn't really got his chance yet, but yeah, yeah. But I'm not always against the small running back trip. Not always. <laughs> Just mostly this offseason. It was not too many moons ago where I was withholding every urge in my body to rank a certain 197-pound running back as as the top tier. He looked a little different than the other smaller backs. Yeah, and I did end up not letting him crack it, but I put him right in there at number four. Uh, here it is. There's one guy sneaking into that tier. Man. <laughs> He's sneaking into that tier. We got number four, Kyron Williams on Paul's rankings. Now, that's the correct ranking for you right Fighting now. Fighting Number four? Yeah. Okay. Kyron Williams, we know the story. Smaller guy, stronger guy. Pass blocks, pass catches, better than average running, underrated running. He has the obvious comp, Austin Eckler. Still a good right? comp. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a, I, that I was lofty. That's a great comp, yeah. man. I mean, you know, undersized, 5'9", right at like just under 200 pounds. But you can't deny the pop. And just the punch this kid delivers when he makes contact with linebackers on tape. I mean, great tape. Yeah. Great burst. Great burst. We always There you have it. That yeah. was running back rankings two off seasons ago. And all of a sudden Kyron Williams is on his backfield. And the pick that I made in the first round of season before that in Cam Akers is virtually <laughs> worthless. Wow, he uh, took his job. Yeah. And I saw it coming. And this all leads me to another topic that I really thought was important that we cover today. And that is the fact that Danny listens to this podcast. <laughs> and I'm a firm, I, I'm starting to suspect that if he 
were to not listen to this podcast, Isaiah Pacheco and Kyron Williams would be on my dynasty. <laughs> and, Dan- Danny is a league mate of ours. And, and instead, they are on his dynasty team, and this is the price I pay. So don't don't think that just, you know, you're able to tune into this kind of <laughs> gold for free people. He needs He's due for a call-in. He needs to explain himself. You need to put him yeah. on the stand and ask him these questions. Yeah, were you on to Kyron Williams <laughs> and Isaiah Pacheco prior to me touting them? Well, Pacheco was one that I was <sighs> wrong about this year, Paul. I um, I was staying away from him in redraft, and I was I had a lot of faith in Jarek McKinnon to continue that really strong run that he had at the end of last season. And you, you've been a, a loyal, loyal Pacheco guy, so you're paying out for it. In what way? In what? He's not on my team. He's on Tanner's team. I'm sure you have some <laughs> shares of him somewhere along drafts. And I don't, actually. What? Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. You're like I, the number one Pacheco supporter. Like Things just didn't fall If my we way. went back and looked at that episode where we ranked his rookie year, like that we did with the Kyron Williams, I'm sure he was way higher, and you have a similar story about, about him. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I didn't dig that deep. I did dig, though. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this offseason, you and I completed a trade, uh, you know, another one of my guys uh, right there with Pacheco for George Pickens. Mm-hmm. Um, How are you feeling about that? I, this is one I wanted to get into with you because okay. it's a mixed bag, man. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. I'm telling you, Trip. And let me tell you, this is what we were thinking sort of prior to the season. This is what we said. Ooh, I think this was I hear this. in our training camp battles episode. Okay. I think you're absolutely crazy the fact that this wide receiver room is up for is even you had said Deontay is the number one he's hurt (laughs) he's going to be the number one wide receiver Deontay Johnson is on the way out um it's going to make a great number two (laughs) slot guy so strong I'm so strongly opinionated but like your number one corner is going to cover George Pickens, and he's going to have to cover him on the outside, or there's going to be fucking hell to pay. <laughs> I'm so strongly uh, pro George Pickens. Okay. Uh, or Well, I was in that sentiment that it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, that was probably an overstatement. Uh, but, and obviously Deontay Johnson got hurt, so that's, you know. That's sad, Paul. That's a that's an unfortunate happenstance, but you just got to think that even if we go through this season with the Steelers' offense floundering and Kenny Pickett <laughs> being an absolute bust, that this kid is somehow going to manage fantasy points just based on like what he did last week. Yeah, I mean it's going to be inconsistent <clears throat> probably with a bad quarterback, and that's your like negative, mm-hmm. but. With the sheer athleticism and the accolades and, like, where he was ranked from the moment he was a peewee football player (laughs) straight through the NFL, it just, there's so much that so many people have seen in this guy that I can't not, like... Have, I'm having so much fun with this situation. Like I, you know what I mean. Like I, like it's a roller coaster. Don't get me wrong. Like I gave up what a first and a move up from third to the second, something like that. I think so. I got a first and a second, and yeah. for Pickens and maybe something small. 
Okay. Yeah, I think maybe I got some kind of draft pick back or something. I don't know. But maybe I just gave up a first and second. I might have. I probably would have done that. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm worried about the offense in general because I'm not seeing the type of Steelers offensive line that I'm used to seeing. Oh, they're, they're, um, they're struggling. Yeah, <clears throat> and usually you can count on that with the Pittsburgh Steelers to put that together. Um, obviously, incredible culture, front office, et cetera, coaching staff. But it could just be that they got hit with what every other franchise usually at some point in their history gets hit with, that's and that's true. not having <clears throat> a way to attain high-level <laughs> quarterback play. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I was probably wrong about Kenny Pickett because I thought he could step it up to the point of them being effective. And maybe he still can this season. He hasn't even re- really had a full season. Mitch Trubisky was the starter at the beginning of last season. So yeah. he's still just getting that first 16 it's early. games. Right. Yeah. But the uh, atrociousness of some of what I've seen so far this season has some red flags flown out there for me right about now. If you go back and play the clip about why I traded him away, you might hear some of these uh, calling cards that you're speaking of now. I, I will say, though, they're so inefficient, and in a way he's really inefficient, but he finds a way to get it done. And yeah. he's, the, he's in an inefficient offense. If you can't dissect a defense and you're not that good at quarterback, you're probably going to want to throw it to a guy like George Pickens. So Who can just go get it. Where right. the numbers might not call him a long-term like wide receiver, consistent fantasy contributor, he might be able to defy that because of the type of offense he's in and the track record he has and how he's been playing. So the numbers would indicate kind of like move on from his efficiency stuff, but the Steelers offense is so inefficient and odd anyway. He's like the best at it, I guess is what I was saying. <laughs> I don't know. He's what he's going to yeah, put up. He's going to put up numbers where he could be in a starting lineup throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he's like in a way, they don't necessarily want to be throwing the ball up to him, but they have to be throwing. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what it comes down to. And Najee, not playing how I don't think any of us thought he would play. Um, potentially a product of the O line, the O line. And if you are Mike Tomlin and you see how the O line is playing, and you want to be a playoff team, are you potentially going to save him a little bit for later in the season? Maybe try to make some sort of front office move to bolster that. Um, and their most consistent player in this inconsistent offense is hurt. Deontay Johnson has been their best player at getting open, consistently beating corners, and being there for his quarterback. He's definitely the, the guy that will create the most separation um, as a wide receiver in the offense. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I do think that they have some young talent that they could potentially see step up in like a Calvin Austin maybe that could play that role. I'm out on him, roster clogger. uh, I'm giving him roster clogger label, yeah. Not a fan. I taxi squatted him for a year, and it just didn't pay off. And uh, I don't see the targets there for him in the long-term future. I really don't. Like, if we think Pickens is a boomer bust, Calvin Austin is a way bigger boomer bust. Well, I don't necessarily see him being somebody that you would want to have long-term just more that could fill in for Deontay while he's hurt. Mm, okay. Um, and, and that's what I mean. I mean, Calvin Austin's a guy that if he's got some big plays <sighs> in him. Yeah. 
And if he learns it and, and, and really educates himself and improves that football IQ and, and expands the route tree, like he is kind of the same style of player as Deontay Johnson. I don't know. He's a little more Deshaun straight end speed than, yeah. than Deontay nuance route runner. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, Deontay Johnson's just never been my whole, you know what it comes down to with this is Deontay Johnson's never going to be a league winner for you. And George Pickens maybe could be a league winner for you someday. You know what, Paul? I'm going to change your mind on Deontay Johnson. You know what he is? He's not flashy. He represents the Steelers well. Put your hat on. <laughs> go to work. Get the sure. job done. And I will say this, too. We're talking all this stuff about, oh, no, the Steelers offense. Oh, no, George Pickens. We're seeing all, all this, oh, no, oh, no, after he just put up 130 and a touchdown on, like, seven receptions. So even on a bad game, he found a way to get it done. So if they get it together... Sky's the limit. I agree. Yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. It's interesting where we are, though, Not still not knowing that. Speaking of not knowing, um, <laughs> or maybe we do know, and maybe we were just right, the Chiefs. <clears throat> and everyone wanted to know what is the wide receiver situation going to look like for the Chiefs. As of last week, it looked like maybe Sky Moore is good. The problem is there's not a lot of guys getting more than four or five targets per game. Uh this was what we had to say about the training camp battle in the Chiefs wide receiver room. I'm getting more excited about Rasheed Rice and yeah. less excited about Kadarius Tony just because of the, the roles they play. Uh, Tony just looking more and more about what, uh, at what he did, just so much of his stuff was gadget plays, not really running those true route trees. There you have it. You were right. Tony's looking like a bum right now. <laughs> <laughs> he could make some big splashes this year. And I have to tell you, of everything that I've seen so far, long-term dynasty investment, I think Rashi Rice probably the move. Yeah, he fits um, what Mahomes needs, somebody he can trust to find that soft spot in zone and just you know run around, do Mahomes stuff, and then know that guy's going to be there and throw it there. Yeah. So I, th I do like him long-term. I, I do too, man. I think I think just from what the flashes that we've seen, he's somebody that could be a part of that offense. I don't sure. necessarily know he's going to be a league winner for exactly. you. Exactly. Don't think that'll be the case, but I do think like you'll get him a home safety blanket for three, four years at some point yeah. um, as he develops into this role. You saw Sky Moore take a step forward, which is actually a good sign for Rice a little bit. Um, if those end up being the one-two punch in That's Kansas true. City then A2 is going to be somebody that gets the ball a lot. And, and they're not going to go and, out and get somebody else. And B, they're not going to go out and get somebody else. Exactly. So interesting. Interesting scenario with where we're at with that. I thought another interesting scenario, same division, is the Javante Williams thing. And um, I was I'm holding my horses. It's, again, another interesting scenario, I think, where you have to. Mm -hmm. You have to. Um I had some bold things to say about Javante Cruz. Oh, boy. I'm putting Javante right here okay. at 13 overall. Okay. Because I think he's going to come out and shock the world with this recovery from this knee injury. He already has. To even be where he is right now in his recovery is oh, yeah. shocking. We're right about the recovery thing. Um, I think that's that goes without saying. It's pretty amazing what he's done, but... He's the running back 38 right now. 
<laughs> so having him at 13 in my dynasty ranking is a little bit questionable. Um, it's future state a little bit, right? Um, he has been, I think, on a little bit of a leash, you know, 12 carries, 13 carries a game. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and I think when he feels better, they'll open it up more for him. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he gets to 1,000 yards this season. That was kind of one of what I had set as a benchmark, saying, like, he's going to be the first guy back off an ACL like this to – Run for that. And he can still get it. And Brees might do it. Yeah, even he looks though good his too. injury was a lot less uh, severe than Javante's was. But it'll be interesting uh, to see, you know, if those two guys come off an ACL and do that well. That's that's pretty impressive. And clearly we've taken a step forward with modern medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm also holding on to my horses on another Broncos player. Just like Williams is one of your favorite players, Jerry Judy's been one of my favorite players to watch. And <clears throat> I'm not moving on from him. I'm probably not going to go out crazy and buy him low at this point. It's just been, <laughs> it's been you know, thing after thing popping up with him where I'm not chasing him anymore. But I'm still holding my horses. They look better. I can't wait to see what he's going to do against the Dolphins this week. And for the rest of the year, this is definitely his last shot as being stud young dynasty asset if he doesn't do it now it ain't happening what would it take to pry jerry judy out of your cold dead hands well i paid a first and a third for him maybe in the middle of his rookie year or pretty early on in his career okay. um, that so, always hurts when you pay for like a breakout rookie and you pay high because it looks like they're going to be a stud for a long that would be like George Pickens being a bust for me. That would hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a that's a good comp right there. So I don't think I'm trading him away. I think I'm riding with him because I don't <laughs> think anybody's giving me a first, and I don't want to lose value on that one. I think he still has the potential to return it. They they came to you with a second, twenty twenty four second. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Uh, his uh. he also has the opportunity to be a week in week out player, like not a boomer bust player, like PPR yeah. contributing. Plus big play potential, you know all all levels of if, the field he can win, which is why I've been so. If high I him. were you, I would cut my ties. Okay, which makes me wonder how do you think Cortland Sutton's doing right now? <laughs> he's he's leading them in targets, so that's for sure. Marvin Mims had some big plays, but uh, Russ has been going to Sutton pre- pretty heavy. He doesn't really have a lot else out there. So I mean, I know I, this, I know, but is he like? Racking the starting lineup, making a difference for people here. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I, I and that's I, a difference. The Judy I say that is Judy I will do that with those targets. Yeah, and and yeah, right. Judy at least has proven that he will have like the big game. I can't remember the last time Courtney Sutton <laughs> gave me a twenty plus point game. Yeah, he was on my team for a long time. All right, he's steady eleven nine and a half point PPR. He's wide receiver thirty six. Yeah, not bad. Flex play. Whatever. I'm glad I got the pick. <laughs> Gotta have the pick. Uh, and that's where you and I differ on some things. Like if I had Judy right now and somebody gave me a 2024 20, second, I'm just like, yeah, sure. Take it. Okay. Worst case scenario, I gave myself somebody I get to choose as a rookie. But I'm also way overconfident in my own ability. <laughs> um, which plays a factor. <laughs> Detrimental or not. <laughs> he factor. has the makeup of a, a foundational piece for your roster. It's just... He's got to stay healthy and, and get some get a healthy quarterback. It just hasn't clicked. 
he's still a bit of a question mark. Some other stuff that we talked about before the season is starting to develop and be less murky. And one of those is Devontae Smith. You and I both looked at the startup ADP and just commented that he was way too low, like almost like 15 spots too low. Yeah. He, he's showing what type of player yeah. he is. I'm weekend, still weekend. a firm believer that Devontae Smith will be a Hall of Famer. It's I, very hard to make the Hall of Fame as a wide receiver, too. I know. It's very hard. I don't say this lightly. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't. Um, I just think he's got he's got this type of class and way of going about his business and the personality type and – the big concern, obviously, was his size, and he's managed to stay healthy, and you just can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, so we we called that out. Uh, we also called out Quentin Johnson being too high and that Addison was – they should be flip-flopped and there should be a gap in between them. Um, Addison showed out. Quentin Johnson has yet to really do anything meaningful. You and I both were high on not only the Saints overall, but Rashid Shahid as being a legit playmaker in that offense. So starting to get a little more. Uh, yep, absolutely. A little uh, more looks his way. Yeah. Paul was a big Roshan Johnson guy before the season, and he's he's looking to already in week two starting to take <laughs> reins of that backfield, which is crazy. As yeah, for a man, I am uh, both excited and sad for uh, <laughs> Khalil and and Danta. Yeah, they're. Well, uh, Looking like they'd look better on the waiver wire pretty soon. Um, but you got to hang on to the handcuff. Still, Roshan breaks out, and that Bears offense gets it together. Be interesting to see or he just how breaks high out. he can go. Even if they suck and he still gets all the carries and a couple touchdowns, you know, yeah. he's going to do good. Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a good pick. <clears throat> we also uh, mentioned that when the Eagles signed Swift and Penny, or at least I did, maybe you – we're a, we differed a little bit on this one. Uh, that that was a good time to buy Gainwell low. He was still going to be a piece of the puzzle. Um, some other things that we talked about were the Vikings being a committee backfield, which looks like it's yeah. becoming true yeah. as well. That was that was interesting during the training camp episode. We were like, well, this looks like it's not going to work. Committee, committee, committee. Purposes. I believe is what we said. Yeah, yeah those are your words exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they they're looking like they are a full blown committee. Uh, we had Tyreek Hill as our number one by one, which is looking good now. And I know people don't care about the taxi squad as much as I do, but we did tell the listeners, do not put Jerome Ford on your taxi squad. Not the type of player you want to keep at all. Yeah, I mean, not, not, is is it the end of the world if you put him on your taxi squad and, and <laughs> now you better not have him there? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you only no. lose a taxi quad, squad spot. It's not like the end right, of the world. But you, it does mean you are dropping, you know, a lot another lottery ticket, yeah. right? And like you, potentially. And you are starting to see those taxi squads, like some of them already looking useless, like players that are on there oh, that, should, that should just be dropped. So yeah, hopefully you listened to that and got some pointers because Paul and I still have some solid, solid players there. Trey Palmer looking like he's going to be a nice little, uh, you just got me thinking about my taxi squad. <laughs> I don't really have anybody doing anything, but Shoemaker and Palmer. Yeah, those are good. Those are good stashes. I said that Hunter Henry was going to be the tight end sleeper this year. He's looking like he's going to get a lot of targets in that offense and be one of their top weapons. Paul, you and I were both all the way out on both Rashad White and Terrace Marshall and all the way in on Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Calvin uh, felt like a no-brainer to me. Um, People were scared a little bit. They were, yeah. I, I don't know why. He's he's always been good it's the reasons the reasons he wasn't playing were not physical either like it wasn't like yeah. he tore an acl or something and then didn't get along with the coach and then 
you know, false reports came out that he was going to be like super, super well utilized. And, you know, I should have traded him then. And now I'm really angry. And now he's the running back for the Vikings taking potentially come snaps against Alexander <laughs> Madison. All ended up on Cam Akers. Uh, somehow, but. Yes. I transitioned <laughs> without telling anybody to what I'm angry about. I mean, I took him fourth overall and <laughs> I'm just not really able to get over it. And since we're just going to have this whole episode looking back, um, I had to get that out. I had to get off my chest. And um, if anybody would like to send me <laughs> like an Angelo's pizza um, <laughs> or preferably cheesesteak or just a gift card, um, that'd be fine. That would that would be a nice thing to do for yourself. Every time you blow a draft pick and buy yourself a, a nice cheesesteak and, and large pizza. <laughs> Hell of a, a consolation price, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> a win win for sure i was um god you know can i just uh, as sidetrack for a second well i have this platform to use my voice to uh put opinions out there anybody out there on social media or anywhere that somebody can hear see or otherwise be impacted by the absolute garbage spewing out of your mouth Please do not try to post best cheesesteak in the country, best Philly <laughs> cheesesteak, whether it's a recipe you made at home. If, if you are not at Angelo's in South Philadelphia or at least somewhere in South Philadelphia, you are not eating that. You are <laughs> lying to everyone. I saw something earlier today. It's like a guy in a deli in Utah. It had tomato and lettuce on it. It's like it just was it was unacceptable. And, you know, I threw my phone and it broke. And it was whole thing. I'm just, I'm just kidding about the phone. But I almost did. I was <laughs> anyway. You know what I was just thinking about, Paul? Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator last year when the Eagles traded for Trey Sermon. Huh. I just had a random thought, too. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you give... You give this guy five minutes to think to himself, and he goes back to Trey Sermon. You see where our minds kind of this drift off to. Key stakes. I get broken draft pick. Yep. <laughs> and they both stem. Both of those uh, thought processes stem from the pain of Cam Akers from, from messing up a draft pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. from messing up a draft pick. Well, well so don't yeah, do it. There you go. There you have it. There you have it. Well, um. W- both are equally unhealthy, I think, habits. Um, I don't know that yours is compounding the dynasty pain, potentially. <laughs> Mine's at least just clogging my arteries, uh, which if I have to sacrifice my arteries for my dynasty team, that's just to be expected. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, it's been, uh, this has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> learning what we've been really, really shitty at doing for a while. Um, but no, I mean, I think actually a lot of, a lot of observations were, uh, were very well made. I think, you know, we were talking to Dave recently and, uh, we were talking to him about either going for flowers or Kincaid. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> in his rookie draft, Dave, hopefully you went one of those directions. Yeah. I hopefully think, got flowers. Ho- I mean, I think right <clears throat> now flowers are looking better, but even Dalton Kincaid's not looking like he's, I mean, tight ends again. Long time to develop. Yeah. They, they take time. He's out playing the slot, putting up six to eight a game in his first Great couple start. of games. Like, Great start. Looks like he's going to go the direction where it goes. It's a matter of what you were using it for. Um, but I mean, we'll have to get that answer from him. Yeah. Bring, bring it back. Something uh, else I noticed in the Bills offense with Kincaid is 
Knox is getting open and more targets than he used to, where the middle of the field is now shared between him, him and Kincaid. People drop Dawson Knox down a lot. Yeah. Watching their games, I would I would raise him up. Like, his stock is going up watching this new offense. They're both in every play. Yeah. yeah. And he's taking the defense away from Knox. Veteran tight end is just often ill-forgotten. Yeah. Look at Zach Ertz right now. Oh, my goodness. You have people saying that you should be dropping Kyle Pitts, and, and this is redraft, <laughs> saying you should be dropping Kyle Pitts and picking up Zach Ertz. And they might be right. I don't know. Not in Dynasty. Do not do that. <laughs> no, no, definitely not in Dynasty. Just it's it's crazy what, what happens at the tight end position. Um, We are at an interesting time. We're here in week three. Trey Sermon is the number one pickup on the sleeper <laughs> app. Um, so things are really... Couldn't have been better time really than right when we started haywire. recording this episode. Um, yeah. Because it won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe that this will forever be marked in history as uh, as that moment. Also, I can we can we go back to Jerome Ford for a minute? Because sure. I wish I could see a history of offers. Eckley had Nick Chubb. And, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit more draft capital. I traded a lot away this offseason, you know, went for the the big the big kaboom, you know, all that. And a nice recoup of like a, a second or, a, you know, third round pick would be great. And I'm over here throwing Jerome Ford out there. Last trade, he had me down to a third and a fourth. Whoa. He, he declined it. What? Hey, so do I go back? And I'll solve? probably give you a third for Jerome Ford right now. Probably. Well, now you will. Oh, uh, let me open up this just sleeper trade app here real quick. <laughs> Wheeling and dealing, folks. That's the name of the Paul game Paul just made right that now. up so that I sent him a sucker trade. <laughs> we are looking at who doesn't know what they've got. Uh, Luke Musgrave, I think. People don't know who what they have in Luke Musgrave right now, and I think Luke Musgrave is potentially a stud. Yeah, from what I've seen in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, not big numbers. Don't expect that from a rookie tight end. But the it factor, you know, is there, and he's somebody I might I might invest in. Obviously, Zay Flowers is is over here, you know, kind of showing out as the guy on the Ravens. I do want to see more. Um, I, I as somebody who obviously was high on him as we got closer to the season. Yep. I think I don't want to like just say, okay, you know, he's going to be great. Um, there are some things that concern me in that offense. I do wonder how high, like, like what's the consistency going to look like? And will he have these like really big games or will he be like similar to a Cortland Sutton where it's, 10, 11, 12, you know, points and he's catching short passes or whatever, but just not hitting the home run. Like, what is he ultimately going to be? And if you feel like, hey, I really buy into the tape, this guy cuts on a dime, his route running is crisp, he's catching the ball aggressively, tucking it tight, getting the extra yard or two, making the guy miss, and I believe he's going places. And I will say, what we know about work ethic is pretty positive with Zay. So if you're really high on all that stuff, could you maybe go get him right now? Because if I was a Zay Flowers owner and I'm looking at it realistically, somebody came now, it's going to cost you like you're at the, 
a first and a second maybe. Okay. Right? Like he just broke out as a rookie and had these great games and looks like the number one for the Ravens. Let's just say, let's just, for the sake of this conversation, say you have to pay a high price. Yeah. Um, if I'm a Zay Flowers owner right now and somebody comes to me with, let's say, first and a third. Okay. Like I'm considering that. That's a tough, I'm probably saying no. I yeah. probably need that to be a second. And if it's a first and a second, here's the bottom line. I'm holding. Here's the bottom line. Not many guys become consistently elite. Exactly. Right? And the biggest rule out time every year is right now. The first two weeks of the season. This is when you can rule people out. <laughs> this is when you can look at this and be like, this dude's not going to be anybody. <laughs> um, it's not looking great for certain people. Um, I don't know that I'm throwing anybody totally to the wayside just yet. Yeah. Um, but it's also where you notice the most positivity in the jump from separating people from can they be great or do they not have that ability at all? And so Zay Flowers has certainly said he put himself in that probably can be great category. Once you take that group, very few rise to the very, very top. The elite. The elite. Yeah. So I think right now I kind of have you know, my ear to the ground, but I think this is when you have to take the chance. So if you think he's going to be one of those that rises to the top because he's already made it, Past the first filter here. <laughs> now is when you go for it. And it might be hard to get to get him right now because people are going to be excited about him. But yeah. I don't know. He's coming off an eight-point week. The Ravens, eh, this could be a multi-week negotiation. You might have to play a long game. You know, I might I might. Yeah, maybe he has formulate a bad, an acquisition strategy. There you go. You maybe know? he has a bad week, throw a high offer, and yeah. I'm personally not going to formulate an acquisition strategy because he's on Pat Ray's team and he's the league member of ours that just does not negotiate <laughs> or trade anything <clears throat> for anyone. He's got a very tried and true strategy. Keep all your draft picks. Pick, and all pick your the players. Player, pick the player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is very different from us who are always <laughs> scouring the waiver wire and, and whatnot for uh, for new opportunities. What do you have cooking over there? You got anything... Uh, you got anything good? I mean, you were messaging me the other day saying, just itching for a trade, which makes me think, uh, you got to be willing uh, to give me something for nothing. Uh, <laughs> trade market is slow right now. It's dried up. Everybody wants to see what their players can do, but that's the thing. If you wait too long, they could completely plummet. So I've been trying to tr trade away James Conner. I traded for him for a third and fourth, and he just had two really good games. And now he's going to be going against the Cowboys and the Niners in his next two games. So I think he's somebody who's pretty high could go down. Uh, but I would hesitate. If I could, like, control it, I would trade him now and then trade back for him later in the year. I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I do yeah. think he's going to have some late uh, end-of-the-year value um, when, he, when he comes back to an easier schedule. Interesting. Yeah, I might, I might also look at, like, like if I – if I could target like Tank Bigsby right now, I was thinking about him had, too, like, Paul. Did like nothing last game. Yep, I like that. You could like convince somebody like, hey, I'd just rather have that third round pick back or something. I would, I would make that flyer. Um, 
Yeah. It, with running backs, especially like we're seeing it this year with guys like Kyron Williams breaking out in year two, where sometimes you just got to wait behind a guy. Yeah. Throw him forward. <laughs> yeah. Look at rookies who haven't done well on teams with owners who are impatient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good place to go. It's all about uh, psychologically knowing your opponent. Yeah. Always looking at the, the, the top of the list, which top-end players have just come out the gate slow that you know are those consistent performers. And then looking at the middle, you know, these laws of averages. Like, if there's a player who you know is a middling player and is just his first two games happen to be his great games, trade them away. You know, if, you, if there's a player who you know is going to be average, good contributor and he just hasn't done it yet trade for him it's it's pretty simple and then i wrote down a couple deep sleepers because i know there's not a lot of players on the free agent list in deep dynasty league so some of these are definitely deep sleepers elijah dotson on the chargers um eckler's already hurt josh kelly is doing okay and isaiah spiller has been in- inactive and on the field less than elijah dotson who's a pass catching running back so i'll go for him i'll go for bam knight if you have a room for him, he just got picked up by the Lions, shown to be a great runner. They have a great offensive line. Very long shot. Do not think it's going to happen, but <laughs> that's where I'm spending my free roster spot. And Mario DeMarcado on the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. It, James Conner's back up. I don't think that Keontae Ingram can do it, so they might give this guy a chance. Um, and then also Ronnie Rivers is the only backup to uh, Kyron Williams right now. Yeah. So if Kyron Williams yeah. get hurt, then insert Ronnie Rivers, which we never thought we'd be saying, but opportunity the path might be there for him those are all great guys to be looking at the, on the waiver wire trip always good at uh knowing how to fish in the deepest <laughs> of seas indeed indeed uh you, you started at the bottom <laughs> uh in taking over somebody's dynasty team and gutting it to shreds still kind of there but working and, our way uh, out now you're standing on the pier fishing in the <laughs> a little less deep water, just uh, still reeling them in and gutting them, though. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>